getting close to wrapping up. I am God's plan. You are God. Everybody say, I am God's plan. I am God's plan. Not we are God's plan, but you. Individual. I'm sorry. That was just water off my water. My bottle cap there. Um, uh, I am God's plan. And today, I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about money, okay? Now somebody's saying, oh shoot, what in the world I show up today for that the pastor's going to talk about? But I want to change your attitude because we got this attitude that, you know, and, and listen, there's a lot of pastors like me that really want to back away from preaching about tithing and giving because that's what the world thinks we're all about. We just want people's money. But I want to, I, I, if I don't tell you this, you're never going to accept and receive and, and be able to claim all of the blessings and promises that God wants to put in your life. So I got to tell you some things, okay? Because you, you need to change your attitude about God. Now let me, I, I'm going to take you this morning, this morning, I'm going to take you to a scripture. I, I think that uh, if you've never heard it before, and if you've been at 2911, you've heard it before. If you've never heard it before, it's probably going to be one of those that blows your mind a little bit more. And you're going to say, yeah, look, yeah, yeah, that's what God is. But you understand, you are God's plan. There is not a money tree out in the back of the Civic Center that we get to go at, go to every Sunday afternoon and pick money off of, and that's how we do ministry. You are God's plan. God, God could have done this any way he wanted to, and he says, I want to do it through you. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, that's what every football player wants. Okay, it's the South, right? Yesterday was Saturday. But that's what every football player wants. They want the coach to turn around and say, I want you to go in the game, and I want you to win the game. I want you to score. I want you to kick the winning field goal. That's what God is saying. He says, I, I could have chosen any way to do this, and I choose you. I mean, man, you ought to throw your shoulders back there and say, look, God chose me. I am God's plan. Okay, let me throw one at you, okay? Here it is. This is Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16. It's right at the end of the verse there. He says several other things. There's three different places that God says this, and they're all on the Sunday's page if you want to see the other three. God says, no one is to appear before the Lord empty-handed. He told Moses, tell my people this. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Okay, don't tell, you, you know what that means, right? It means you're supposed to have something in your hands. Now, back in those days... They didn't have, you know, online giving where, you know, a lot of you, it's really cool how a lot of you, 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 you do your online giving and you can do it any time of the week, but it's really cool how some of you get here and you do it. It's almost like you're doing it at church, even though, you know, it's online. You, that's, that's pretty cool that you're doing it anyway that way. So it's still like you're bringing it, but they didn't have online giving. I mean, you know, and a lot of them didn't have money and what God was asking him for most of the time was not that kind of gift. And especially in these, these feasts that he's talking about, the festivals that he's talking about, he's talking about things that they have raised. And so he says, no one should appear before me empty-handed. Now that really, really sounds like God is saying, look, I want everybody to bring me something, okay? Everybody bring me something. But let me remind you of something just before we really get into the meat of, of, the, of this just a little bit and really the, 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 the full of this, the, this sermon right here. God already owns it all. You can't give him anything. All you can do is take something that he has given you and return it back to him, okay? So get that out of your mind that God is begging for something because, I mean, all, you know, all God's got to do is just say, hey, this thing is over. I'll let you guys have a few thousand years here, but this thing is over, okay? I, I, I'm just going to take charge of the earth all over again, and, he, and it's back in his hands. It's there. He already owns it, okay? So we can't do anything. Here's, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to tell you the, the parable of the ice cream truck. 
The parable of ice cream toast. Okay, this isn't, I know this isn't kids' church. That's what it sounds like. I'm about to tell you a seven, seven, you know, a, a parable that, that relates to seven-year-olds. But let me tell you what a parable is. A parable is just a, a story, a short allegorical story designed to teach a truth. And you need to hear some truth about God because you, some of you have this, 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 backward negative attitude toward God that he only wants money or he only wants all of my time or God wants me, God just wants me to do everything for him. And we got this backwards attitude. You need to hear this story. Now, here's the cool thing about this parable is uh, I've never read it before. Uh, it was actually something that in my study that, that, that I believe God, God kind of led me to, to develop, okay, for this message, all right? So uh, if anybody's ever heard the, the parable of the ice cream truck, uh, you heard somebody else's. This is ours that we have designed just for us today that God has led us to because he wants you to know who he is. Okay, so here's the story. A man and a woman have three adopted boys, all, all sons. And they get the opportunity to adopt another one. So they adopt this, this fourth. He comes in. Now, he's com- he comes into a family that's already ready-made, but he's just like the other sons, okay? But, but, but th- they've got some customs and some things that they've already been doing for a while. The first Saturday that the boy is in the home, just like the dad always does every Saturday, he takes his sons to the park. Now, instead of three, there are four. He takes them to the park. And while they're at the park, they hear that music. You know, you know that music? You know that music that just, uh, when you were a kid, just kind of just excites you? Let me tell you something. When you get to be a granddad like me, it'll excite you all over again because you'll get to buy an ice cream cone for somebody, you know? And that, that is one of the most awesome things to get to do. And so the, so, the, so the sound begins to come around and the kids begin to hear it and they can't yet see the ice cream truck, but they know it's coming. And so all the kids start getting excited and they all take off running. And, and, and the three older sons of, of the man in our parable, they run to the dad because they've got to get the money for the ice cream treats, right? And so they run to the dad and they're, they're asking for the money. But the youngest son, the newest one of the family who is, has never been there, he just runs straight for the ice cream truck where he's hearing the sound. He just runs straight for it because he's never seen an ice cream truck, but he's heard people talk about how amazing, how wonderful the treats are that are in the truck. And so he just runs straight to the truck. And as he's standing there, all these other kids are coming by him and they're buying all of their stuff and he's looking at all the pictures and, you know, and then, then his three older brothers, you know, they come up and they buy their thing. They go back to the, go back to the swing and they sit down and they start to enjoy their treats. And, and, then, and then finally, you know, finally the driver notices the little boy and he, and he says, what do you want? He points at something. And, and so the driver begins to reach for it. And he tells him how much money it will be. And the little boy says, but I don't have any money. And so the driver tells him, well, I'm sorry, uh, you can't have anything without some money. And so the little boy is sad and he walks away and he goes back over toward the swings and watches his three older brothers eat those wonderful treats that they have just gotten. And then the dad sitting on his park bench notices that his youngest son is standing over there just about to cry and he doesn't have a treat. And he's like, oh my goodness. He didn't know. And so the dad goes over and he, sa- he says, hey, he calls him by name and says, hey, I- I'm sorry, you know, I know, this is the first time you've ever done this before. And so you didn't know. You see, what you need to do is you needed to come with your older brothers and ask me for something, ask me for something so that I could, I could give you the money so that you could go buy your own treat. And, and I know you didn't know that, but this will be a good lesson for you. Next week, make sure you come and do that. And he turns around and goes back and sits down on the bench. Now, none of us are mad at the ice cream truck driver, right? I mean, he would go broke if he gave away free ice cream to every kid that didn't have money in their pocket, right? And, and then the kids would find out, you know, and then the parents would find out, you know, and yeah, he would go broke. I mean, he wouldn't be traveling the, the neighborhood very much. But how about the dad? 
How do you feel about the dad right now? I mean, this little boy knew nothing about the way ice cream trucks worked. All he knew was there was something good inside that truck, but he didn't know how to get to it. He didn't know how to access it because no one had ever told him how the ice cream truck thing works. And the dad, instead of telling him, the dad says, well, this is a good lesson to you. I bet you won't forget next time. I mean, how many of you want to string the dad up if I can find him this afternoon, right? I mean, we want to go tell him a few things. I'll go buy the kid an ice cream cone. But you know what? Now think about that. We don't like the fact that the dad required something of the boy that the boy was not old enough to know on his own without being, having it explained and told. Then why in the world do we get angry with God when he says in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, don't come empty-handed. When he tells us things in, in the Bible, he's not just being a cosmic killjoy that he doesn't want us to have a good time in life. He's trying to tell us how life works. And, and here's how life works. If you show up at the ice cream truck empty-handed, you're going to walk away from the truck empty-handed. And so God's saying, if, if you show up in things in life empty-handed without anything to offer, I mean, if you're just here for just what everybody else can give you, you're going to walk away empty-handed more times than you walk away with something. That, that, that's what God's word is all about. He is teaching us to understand that if we want to, if we want to receive, then we got to bring something. Okay, this is my parable, right? I wrote this parable. Well, let me tell you something. I changed a little bit of it right there because that ain't my parable. Because I, I don't know if you picked up on the fact yet or not, but the dad in the parable represents our father in heaven. And this dad that I just told you about in my parable, that is not my father in heaven. So let me back up just a little bit in the story and tell you how it really goes. Because here, here's how it really goes. is when the dad realizes that one of his sons is sitting there and everybody else is eating, but he's not eating, the dad immediately gets up. This is how it really goes. The dad immediately gets up and he goes over to his son and he says, I am so sorry. You didn't know about this because you've just now come into the family. Get that, okay? You're a new member of our family and you don't know how a lot of things work. I'm going to get the opportunity to tell you about all kinds of things, all kinds of awesome things, wonderful things that can happen in your life. And I'm going to be telling you about these things over and over and you're going to be learning these things and you're going to realize there are so many wonderful things that can be had in your life as I tell you and explain these things to you. But you didn't know that today. You didn't know how these things work. So I tell you what, get up right. Come on, let's go get you a treat. I'm just going to take care of it today. Now that's my father in heaven. Because what he does is he wants us to have the awesome things of life. And he promises us if we'll listen, he will tell us, he will give us guidance, he will give us direction, he will open our eyes with wisdom, he will teach us, he will even show us, he will, he will the word of God says, lay out steps before us every day. He will order our steps and we will walk in ways and in places and things and, and we will come across things and people and, and opportunities that we will get because we are walking in his ways. And then when, when there are things that happen that, that we're just too young, young to understand. Like those of you, we got a lot of young Christians, and, and I don't mean young in chronological age. I mean just young because you haven't been a Christian very long. We have a lot of young Christians like that. And you know what, what, what's happening with you? The very same thing that happened with this little boy is God just a lot of times, because you don't understand things, he just picks you up and says, I'm going to take care of it today because this is something you've not yet been able to understand. I'm going to keep teaching you though. I'm going to keep showing you. I'm going to keep so that you can grow and so you can, you can understand these things for yourself. But until that time, God does. He does a lot of blessing stuff just for the young Christians. So back to our parable. The man, uh, the, the man and his wife, 
that have these four boys, they, they don't want their four boys to always be looking for a handout. So they do the chore and allowance thing, you know? So okay, you know, at some point they begin explaining to them and they begin teaching them, they begin sharing with them, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get money that you can spend on whatever you wanna spend, but you're gonna also do some chores here around the house. You know, and, 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 and you know, the cool thing here is, if you look at it, think about it, the money's still coming from the same place. It's still coming from the same pocket it was coming from when it was just being handed out. But it's just that the mom and the dad, they want their kids to grow up to have something. They want them to grow up to, 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 to be in charge of something, to feel like they, they have a part and, and they can make a difference in life. Now, now one Friday, the, the youngest little boy, that same little boy, you know, he, he realizes, oh my goodness, I don't have any money for ice cream tomorrow. That ice cream truck, when it comes, I'm not going to have any money. And so he goes and finds dad and says, hey, dad, I've spent all my money this week and I don't have any, any money for the ice cream truck. Uh, can, can, can you do what you used to do back before the chore thing? Could you just give me some money so I'll have money for ice cream tomorrow? And, and this is not a change in my story. This is exactly how, how, how God starts dealing with us. Is the dad says, no, because you had as much money as your brothers had. You had as much opportunity as anybody else did. And you made the money, but you began to choose things over your ice cream on Saturday. Every time you paid for something else, you were saying, this is more important than me having ice cream on Saturday. And so, no, you know, you're going to have to learn this lesson. There, there is coming a time. God's not that mean God who says, well, you should have known that, but no, God's not that. But there is coming a time where God's going to say, you knew better. And you, and you didn't do that. I, you know, I can't bless when you know better and you don't do it. Word of God says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. It's sin because I know what to do and I don't do it. And so, so the dad says, I, I, I'm sorry. You're, you're gonna have to learn your lesson this time. Now, to those of you who have no discipline whatsoever in your life, you think this is a horrible dad. And now you're probably also looking to God and say, well, God, you're a pretty bad God. You're, and I don't mean bad in the, the good bad. You know, I mean bad, bad, you know. You, a bad, you treat us this way, God, when you know something and you know you ought to do something and you know what needs to happen and you, you, you have the right, the right tools to make the right decisions and yet you choose some things to be more important than these things and when it gets to be these things, God can't do that because here's what God wants, just like this man and wife. They want their sons to grow up. They want them, them to mature. They want them to begin to make responsible choices. They want them to become disciplined. Discipline, discipline. Boy, that's a, that's a word we don't talk about anymore. You know, but discipline, they want them to become disciplined. They want, they want them to understand how to prioritize. And let me tell you, this little boy, if he has to go without an ice cream on Saturday, he's gonna start learning how to prioritize in a, in a hurry, right? He is. But the little boy, he's quick. He's quick. And he says, hey, Dad, just this one time. Now, what are you thinking he's going to say? Some of you are saying, just this one time, give it to me anyway. But he says, just this one time. You think you could find a chore that I could do tonight that I could make enough money just for an ice cream? I, I'll just get the cheapest one in the truck if, if, if you just find me. Man, do you know what that dad does now, don't you? Man, he snatches that boy up and hugs him and says, that's what I want to hear, buddy. I want to hear you taking, taking some responsibility in your life, taking, taking authority, taking charge over your own decisions. And yeah, we'll go find you a little task that you can do. And you know what? Since you're under the gun here, it's kind of last minute. Guess what? I'm going to help you do it. Let's go find you something to do so I can give you some money for an ice cream tomorrow. And that's exactly who my father is in heaven too.
Because you know what he does is when, when we get to those places and we say, God, I need some help here. And God, just show me what to do. And we're willing to do it. You know what God says? He says, okay, I'm going to show you what to do. And I'm not going to let you do it alone. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to do what you can't do. You know, you're going to do all the little things that you can do, but I'm going to do the bigger part of what you can't do. I'm going to be right there. That's who my God is. And that's how he works in these things. And so one day, sometime later, it's another Saturday. The dad's sitting on his favorite park bench watching his four boys play. And they hear the music coming around the corner. And all the boys, you know, and all the kids, the boys and the girls, they all get excited. They're playing and they run to the ice cream truck. Now, the ice cream truck, for some, some reason this day, stops really close to the park bench where the dad always sits. So now today, not only does he get to just watch and, and, and see the kids' excitement, but he gets to hear them as they excitedly talk about, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. I got that last week and I think this is better. And, and you know, it's just, you know, those are fun things aren't they? And you know, you know where we get that? I mean, you know, when I see that and and, you know, at least you granddads and grandmoms, you understand this, right? When I see it, I hear those things. It just, it just kind of, kind of tickles you a little bit, right? It's like, it's amazing that that, you know what? We didn't get that from any other place except from our father in heaven. If it tickles me to hear that, it tickles God to hear you get excited about some of the things that he wants to bless you with you in your life. And so he's, he's sitting there and he's like, man, he's just blown away, the dad is. And then there's the tiniest boy in the whole crowd. When it, get, it comes his time to, to tell the man in the truck what he wants, he points and says, I want that. And it's, a, it's the smallest little thing, the cheapest thing in the truck. And, and when the truck driver realizes that the little tiny boy doesn't have any money, the truck driver says, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you anything if you don't have any money. Oh, now dad, you know what the dad's like, wow. Man, I gotta do something about seeing that little boy just about crying like my little boy was not too long ago. So I gotta do something about this. But before he can pull out, of his billfold, pull out his billfold, his youngest son who is standing right behind the tiny boy has already dug out a dollar and plopped it up on the counter. And he said, I'll take care of it today. Wow, now what do you think the dad is thinking? Oh man, the dad is saying, would you do that again and let me get that on video so I can share that? I gotta I, I got share that with my friends. I gotta share that with my family. I gotta share that with my brother who thinks his kids are all that in a bag of chips. I gotta, I gotta share that with my brother. You know, he's gotta see. Oh man, he's so proud. He's so proud, of, you know, and I don't know how this particular dad reacts, but. How would you react? Man, I would tell him several times, you have never made me more proud in my life than the day that you copied my open hands. Because that's what the little boy did. He's just doing what he saw his dad do. That when his dad saw someone that didn't have anything, he opened his hand and said, here. And the little boy was just copying. And you know what? If If that makes me feel pride, then I know it makes God, our Father in heaven, feel pride. To see us begin to copy. That when he he could have tried to figure out some other way for us to receive our salvation, he took the very best that he had and he said, here, take this. And he allowed us to kill it, his own son, Jesus Christ. He allowed us to, to abuse it. He allowed us to curse it and slap it and pluck out its beard, to, to beat him on his back and then, and then nail him to a cross and let him die. That's what he has allowed us to do. And every time we turn our back on him, or God hints at this, that every time we do that, it's like God, Jesus feels that pain all over again. 
And this is what our Father has done, is, is he freely gives. That's what grace means. So next time you sing Amazing Grace, understand this is what we're talking about. We're talking about God who is freely given. And so now, what, does he want, what, what could make him more proud of us than anything else is for us to also open our hands and find those who are desperately in need. Not those who are in want, but those who are in need. And those who really need and say, I want to do something. And that makes God so excited to see us copy his open hands. I've got one little detail that I've had a hard time working into the parable. It's a detail about God. And you see, we can't really explain God with any stories. You might have heard me talk about the Trinity, right? And you know how, ask me about, I don't know. I don't know how one is three and three is one. You know, all those, all those uh, stories you've got or all those pictures you've got, they, don't, they just still don't do it exactly to tell us who God is because you cannot describe God. So me telling you this parable about who God is is still not enough. So I gotta, I gotta bend the, the laws of existentialism here just a little bit, okay? Uh, so if you'll give me just a little bit of existential leeway here, let me explain one last little thing by the use of this parable, is that God is symbolized, our Father in heaven is symbolized by the dad sitting on the park bench, handing out the money, then teaching through uh, chores and allowances, but then holding our feet to the fire. We say, oh, you knew better. But then when we say, but I want to do better, then he jumps right back. Our, our Father in heaven is symbolized by that man in this story but he's also symbolized by the ice cream truck driver. I hadn't talked a lot about the ice cream truck driver, but you know, God's kind of got to deal with all of it. And that's why you know, it's hard to kind of make him both people because we don't think in those ways. But just, just go with me here for just a moment because this is who God is. He's not only the God who has it all and gives it all freely and teaches us how we need to be and act and do, but he's also the one, like the ice cream truck driver, who receives our gifts, receives our obedience, and then turns it around and gives us the wonderful blessings of life. Things that we can only imagine until we begin to taste them for ourselves. That's what, that's what his word teaches us. You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine the things that, that he's got in his ice cream truck, his storeroom in heaven. You can't even imagine that, and you, and you will never really understand it until you get to taste it yourself. God symbolizes the dad and the ice cream truck driver because he's the giver of the very beginnings of all that you have. He's the instructor of how, how to take that and, and how to make it work in life and, and how, to, how to make it uh, impact lives, but then how to also take it to a place where you're, you're, you're going with your, also with your hands that are full but open and to give. And so then he can give you even greater blessings. You know, and, and, you, and you might think that, you know, a $5 popsicle is not worth $5, but you're not a seven-year-old little boy. You know, that little piece of green and white paper that says it got a five on it in every corner, it might mean a lot, it probably means a lot more to you than it does that little seven-year-old boy that passes that five dollars off and gets a big ice cream cone or popsicle. And in the same way, when you begin to experience what God really wants to do in your life, you're going to realize these puny little things that God wants to wants me to do with him. They don't even compare to the wonder of what he wants to put in my life.
Let me, let me show you this, this parable in, in Scripture just a little bit here also. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and, whoso, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You know, this, this way that life works, whether it's ice cream trucks or giving an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, the way God works, when God says, don't, don't show up, don't show up empty-handed at my house. Be a, be a part of this thing. Be a part of the giving, not just the receiving. Be a part of the giving. All of these things work the exact same way. It's in nature. That when we take seed and we put seed in the ground, there is a harvest that comes from it. That's how the ice cream truck works. You show up with, you show up with empty hands, you walk away with empty hands. That's how God works. He's, show, he's showing it to us in nature because it's, it, it's one rule, it's one natural law that goes throughout everything of our existence. It's how everything works. You give a smile, you get a smile, right? You know, unless you just got a creepy smile, right? And then, you know, you might not. But I mean, if you, you, you give love, most of the time you get love back. You, know, you, got, you got to give something, but then, then when it comes back to you, it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. You know, uh, and here's the thing. I can't create a seed, but I can plant one. When God puts it in my hand, I can plant it. And I can't take that seed and make a big, huge harvest out of it, but God can. And so he puts the seed in my hand so I can put it in the ground. So when it comes forth, it's now 10, 50, 100, 300 fold. Because he says, this is the way things work. I'm your source at the beginning, but I'm also going to be your source all the way through life when you're trying to make decisions. I'm going to teach you how. I'm going to, I'm going to show you how. And then I'm going to be the source that turns that dead seed in the dirt and in the ground. I'm going to be your source that turns that into an amazing harvest that brings to you the wonderful blessings that I've been wanting to give to you. And, you know, and if at any point, if, you know, if God lays the seed in your hand and you hold the seed, it never gets in the ground, there can be no harvest. You know, and, and the farmer that doesn't plant next spring, he says, well, I got plenty put up. You know, I got plenty of stuff in the freezer and in the cabinet. And he doesn't plant next spring. Next fall, there's going to be no harvest. But maybe he's got enough to get by. And if the next, but if the next time he also says, I, I just don't think I'm going to plant again, eventually the cupboard's going to get dry, empty. That's what happens when we stop putting the seed in the places that God has shown us to put the seed. Let me, let me share four, no, no, let me, take, let me take you to scripture right here. I'll tell you the why real quick, and I got four things to share with you in closing real quick. This is Malachi chapter three, verse 10. Here's another one that people, re, I mean, you, 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 tell, you tell people I'm preaching from Malachi chapter three, and anybody that knows the scripture, they ain't showing up that Sunday because he's preaching on tithing. And I ain't going, unless you're a really good tither. You know, they say, yeah, I'm gonna go because he's gonna talk about my blessings. Malachi chapter three, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Do you know what? He doesn't just tell us what to do. He tells us why, right there, so that there will be food. Why do we do this? So there will be food. What does that mean is when we quit planting, when we quit planting, there is no more harvest. There is no more food. There is no more blessing. Nobody else is reached. Nobody else gets to know the name Jesus Christ and gets to experience the wonderful blessings of what he wants to give. So, so here's four things real quick, if I can. 
First one is, is, is that giving is about the next person who needs to know Jesus. Now look, giving is somewhat about yesterday. Thank God for what God did. I am bringing a gift because of what you have done. But you need to get this wrapped around your brain real good. Giving is about somebody else that needs to know Jesus. What, what we do here and when we give, we're not giving to pay you know, the rent today. We wrote that check yesterday. We're giving for next week. We're not, we're not giving so that we can, we can create the small group that reached you, that helped you get close to God, helped you hear God, helped you begin to pray and seek Him and, and finally get to know Him and ask Him to be your Savior. We're not paying for that small group or buying that curriculum or those. We're paying for the curriculum for that next person that needs. And giving is also about the next place that needs to be reached. Um, let, let, let me throw some vision at you. Can I, you want some vision here for just a moment? Here's, here's what God wants to do. Is God wants us to get personally disciplined in our finances. He wants us to get so purposefully disciplined in our finances, we can become a part of the amazing thing that God is doing. And not just as the receiver sitting there getting fat, eating all the ice cream, right? I mean, you don't want to do that. Not really. We joke and say, yeah, that'd be nice, but we don't really want to be that. I want to be the one handing out the $5 bills. I want to be the one sitting there watching the people's face. Man, I, 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 just, had, I just had a moment here this morning as we were singing that last song, and it's like God just took me back to those first, first feelings that I had when I first became a Christian. And reminded me what it was like. And you know, and I thank God, I thank God, I, I, I just began, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, I, sometimes I'm a wimp on Sunday mornings. I just cry like a baby. You know, I was, just, I was just crying and weeping there thinking, yes, God. And you know what it makes me want to do? I want to see the next person that's going to be crying and weeping in our services. I want to see that next part in that next place. And so when we give, we're not giving for this moment. We're giving for that next moment or that next person. And that here's what, here's what God has, is there's, there's a place. God wants us to become personally disciplined so that, so that we begin to be part of the giving, so the giving can be more, so the ministry can be more, and so that we can be perfectly positioned as a church to make good, good decisions and to, and to take the seed that, that, that God is planting through you that he's put in your hand so that we can, be, we, we can do the right things here to choose and be ready to be positioned for the next places that God opens for us to do ministry. And I said places. And I'm not just talking about missions, but I'm talking about missions. But I'm also talking about here. I believe we're going to be in another building at some point. But man, we're in a great place right now. I mean, you, you ask, and I got some ministry friends in service with us today. You ask them. You ask them how many places they go that are as awesome as this, okay? This is, a, this is a pretty awesome place we are in. But God's got another place that he is going to open for us. And when he opens the door, I want to be ready to walk through it. I want the finances to be ready. I don't want to go get a $1 million uh, mortgage on a building. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. You know what, I, you know what we're doing? We're beginning to put money. We, we've been doing that ever since we've been here. And even before that, we're putting money back. Because you know what? When God opens the door, I want to walk through it. And, and here's what God wants, here's the vision, okay? Is, is like that little boy who says, but I don't have anything, and, and tomorrow's ice cream day, right? I don't have anything. 
But God, help me have the seed that I can also plant something that'll put this church in a place that is ready to step out, that when you open the door, and you know what, here's what I believe, is I believe we're gonna walk through some doors before we leave this place, that we're gonna begin to walk through some doors to minister into some other areas, even before we leave this place. You hear what I'm saying? God is gonna open those, but it would be useless for God to open the doors unless we're ready to walk through. Then God, give me, the, give me the privilege. Put in my hand the seed that I can be a part of this so this church can be positioned to walk boldly and, and, and with confidence and fearlessly walk through the door, any door that you open for us in any neighborhood, in any building, in any place that you want us to plant a new church. Somebody say amen. Would you agree with me on that? Amen. Let me ask you to do this. Would you stand and come to the front and, and join us as we close? And if you are a first-time attender, all we do down here, I got, I got two more points for you, right? I'll throw them at you real quick. We're gonna pray. We're gonna sing a final song, all right? And if you're a first-time attender, if you're comfortable, we'd love to have you come join us. Amen. Okay, here's, here's the excuse most people use why they can't do anything for God. Because I'm just a regular person. I'm just a nobody. What do I have that I can do for God? You know what? All we have to do is be obedient and disciplined. We don't have to do it. We don't have to work the miracles. You are unqualified to work miracles. So he doesn't ask you to do that. Somebody said that, I've been, I've been trying to find out all week who said this, so I give them credit because it's one of my pet peeves. I don't like to steal somebody else's quotes, but I'm gonna have to steal it because I don't remember, what it, I don't remember who said it. It's a great things are done by regular people or they wouldn't be great things. You see, when you do something amazing, the reason it's amazing is because how'd you do that? When people say, how, how, how did you do that? How did you become a giver like that? How did you love like that through all of your pain and all of your abuse? How did God help you forgive? I mean, that's the, that's the answer, isn't it? God help me forgive. God help me love. God help me give. So throw your shoulders back this morning. I am God's plan. I am a miracle waiting to happen in someone else's life today. Can you say that? Just, go, just say that right there. You don't even have to say it out loud. Just say that. Re read those words right there. I am a miracle waiting to happen in someone's life. God has put inside of me some big, awesome, beautiful thing. It looked like an ugly seed when it went in me. But it's about to come out as something big, huge, and beautiful. Grasp that. Embrace that. Dig your claws into it and say, and, and, and next time you feel like you can't and you're not, you say, no, that's not who I am. I am God's plan. And I am someone's miracle waiting to happen. Amen. And, 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 and here, two parts of this prayer. We're going to close. Let me say this two parts of this prayer. Some of you need to change your attitude about God. Quit seeing him as the dictator and start seeing him as your source. He's your source from the beginning with the seed to the end where the harvest is and everything in between. He's the source. Quit pointing your finger at him and say, you just want my money. 
Because he pointed back and said, no, I just want to give you the best. I want you to have the very best that I, that I can give you in this life. And as long as, you, as long as you keep from putting the seed in that, I can't do it. That's what he wants. So some of you are going to have to change your attitude. When I close my eyes here in just a moment, we begin praying. Though, here's what I want to do. This prayer team is ready to pray for you. I've, I've, I notified it. I said, I want you to be ready. I want to pray for people who have financial needs today. Now, now a lot of people say, oh, I can't tell everybody about financial needs. Well, there ain't many of us in this room that don't have financial needs. Can I get an amen? You either need an, another job, or some of you are without work. You've been without work a long time. You need a job, or you need a new job. You need a better job. Some of you don't need a better job because you need more money. You need a better job so you don't have to put up with the junk you're having to put up with. Come on. You might as well admit it because I see it all over your face when you come to church. You know, and you need, you need, you need something different, and God wants to give you that today. That's who my father is. He's not just the dad who gives it out. He's the driver of the truck that has it all and wants to now just pour it on out on you. That's who he is. So when we close our eyes and we start praying, if you, need, if you need a new job or if you don't have a job, you need a job. Or if you're working all you can work and you just can't make it, you can't make ends meet. Or if you've got medical bills that you can't pay or you've got something staring you down in the face financially, whatever it is, when we close our eyes and we start praying, I want you to move forward. Let one of these prayer team members take you by the hand and agree together that God's gonna take care of it because that's who my God is. That's who my Father is. And the word of God says, we're to agree concerning anything, it shall be done. Move when we close our eyes. Let's pray. Jamie, go ahead when you can. Father, I ask you.